The Bible says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That means that I don't do it by myself, but I do it in, in concert with you. Amen. So why don't we lift up a collective praise, a collective worship to the Lord God of our salvation because God is so great and he is so greatly to be praised. In your house, in your home, even the small numbers who are gathered here this morning in the sanctuary. Amen. Let's worship God together for the truly awesome God that he is. God is great and so greatly to be praised. Go ahead and share this worship service with your neighbors and your friends. Let them know that you are watching K Chapel live stream right now and you want them to not watch but worship God with you. Let us pray, beloved. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful, how thankful we are for this day that you have given unto us. We bless your holy name, O oh God, for a day unlike any other. God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us through this week. Thank you for your faithfulness. For truly it is by your mercies that we are not consumed. God, we've seen so much over the last few days and even the storms on yesterday that raced through the southeastern parts of these United States. Lives were lost. Families forever changed. And so, Lord, we ask your blessings upon those communities that are ravished right now those families that are heartbroken be with them oh God and now Lord we ask now that as you minister your grace unto them that you would touch us with your finger of mercy for we all stand in the need of prayer we bless you God for loving this this world that you created loving us when we were unlovable and and loving us when we were your enemies you didn't just love us through word but you loved us indeed because you sent your only begotten son to save us from our sin and Lord we thank you for that perfect gift we bless you for this wonderful gift, for he is indeed the greatest gift that you could ever have given. Now, Lord, be with us. We pray, O oh God, that this worship would be glorifying to you and edifying unto our souls and our spirits. We ask it in Jesus' name, and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen. Come on and praise God with us. Worship the Lord with us as we worship the greatest gift, God himself sending his son into this world. He is the greatest gift of all.
The scripture for the morning will come from Luke, the first chapter. I'll begin reading at verse 46, and it reads as follows. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things in his holy name. Let us pray. Father, we pause to say thank you, Father. Thank you for your many blessings, Father. Father, we thank you for everything you've done and everything that you're going to do. Father, we thank you for what this church has done, Father. We thank you for its ability to lift up our communities and lift up our congregation. Father, we thank you for putting your arms around every family that can hear my voice, Father. There's so much going on, Father, but we know you hold the answer to everything that's going on, Father. We thank you for keeping us connected, Father, via this video stream. We ask that you go into everybody's homes and just continue to put your arms around them, ordering everybody's steps. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. And, Father, as I leave this prayer, I ask that you be there for us and guide us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 At this time, we will begin. I am calling for our offertory period. This is a great opportunity, as I just prayed about, for us to be thankful for what the Lord has done. From us, from him bringing us a mighty long way, Father, we say thank you. So, Father, we take this opportunity as I call for the offering this morning. For us just to reflect on how good you've been. And us have an opportunity to, to give as you've told us to give. Right now, you'll see the number that'll be across your screen. There's different, different mediums you can give through the K-Chapel app. You can even come here and drop it off by envelope at the church. And also call the number, as I mentioned, you can do that as well. But we ask that you do that. We ask you do that cheerfully. We ask you do that willingly, because we all know that God loves a cheerful giver.
Father, we thank you for the offering that will be used today to, for the uplifting of your kingdom, Father. As we journey through the days ahead, we ask, Father, that you prepare our journey, guide our footsteps, and the Holy Spirit watch over us on every path we follow. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Savior through this pandemic, and as I said on last Sunday, uh, we will continue baptizing uh, throughout this month. So we're thankful for these two, uh, brother and sister, whom we will baptize on this morning.
In obedience to the great head of the church and upon the profession of your faith, my sister, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Obedience to the great head of the church. Upon the profession of your faith, my brother, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Take me to the water. Take me to the water. Take me to the Thank you, O God, for these two, brother and sister, declaring you to be Lord of their lives. Thank you for the great blessing of family, where they can live out their faith together. O God, we pray your blessings upon them, that your Holy Spirit would guide them, direct them in your will, lead them in your word. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. To be baptized. To be
I wonder, do you know that name? It is a name that you can call the toughest of times, the darkest of moments, the most desperate of hours. There's something about the name of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus, 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 Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. I want to use as a subject this morning a reason to rejoice. A reason to rejoice. On yesterday, Sister Lester, I watched as a new chapter, a new chapter in space flight continues to be written. Perhaps you saw it, six human beings became the latest to join the elite group of now 609 people who have flown into space. Because one of those people was TV personality and NFL Hall of Famer Michael Strahan. I, I watched with a little more interest and intrigue. I must confess to you that when the countdown started, even though I was safely sitting in the security of my own home, Driscoll, I felt a little nervous. Because while this was an exciting moment, all I really could think about was everything that could go wrong. I don't believe I'm by myself either. All of the analysts who were describing what would happen and how it would happen honestly did very little to calm me, but actually created a bit more worry. And when the time finally came and the clock was down to Zero and the rocket ignited its engine and lifted from Earth. And for the next few minutes or so, while those six were shooting their way to experience weightlessness in space, I felt both the wonder and the worry of this moment. Wonder of the technology that makes such travel possible. The worry that this technology was made by man, which means that technology will fail. Talking about the wonder and the worry. The wonder of sending six regular people into space, but the worry of six regular people riding a rocket that they were not controlling. The wonder and the worry. The wonder... The wonder of a rocket booster coming back down to earth and landing with 
precision right on target. The worry that the capsule that was coming back was just using parachutes. When the capsule finally touched down in the Texas desert, the temporary worry that I had turned into complete wonder. And I wonder this morning, have you ever had that kind of moment where you know that what's happening or what's about to happen is great and wonderful, but completely enjoying it is not possible because there is some worry that you feel about it. The what ifs, the what abouts, the why is this happening this way? What Was this a good decision that I made? What was I thinking when I said yes? I, I think I think, my brothers and sisters, I think that an honest reading of the scriptures that describe the birth of Christ elicit both wonder and worry. That is certainly what Mary felt. The wonder and the worry that comes with this miracle. Oh, it was pure wonder for Mary. That God would bring his son into the world at that moment. But it was sure worry for Mary on how that would change her life forever. Pure wonder that the Lord was going to miraculously use a virgin to bring Jesus into the earth. But there was sure worry when Joseph got word of his fiance's pregnancy. Wonder and worry. It was pure wonder that God had selected Mary for such an amazing responsibility of raising this holy child. But there was sure worry that God expected her to raise this holy child. And to somehow put him on a path and push him into his life purpose of saving the world. It was pure wonder that 700 years after Isaiah's prophecy that God was bringing this promise to fruition. But there was sure worry that God was bringing this promise into the world at a time of Roman oppression. Wonder and worry. My brothers and sisters, great wonder is oftentimes accompanied with great worry. But today's scripture offers to us a response from a young girl who pushes through the worry and praises God for the wonder. This is oftentimes referred to as the Magnificat. It is Mary's response to what she has been told by the angel and what has been affirmed by her cousin Elizabeth that God indeed wants to bring the long-awaited Messiah, the Son of God, into the world through her. While Mary ponders what all of this means and considers the great weight and responsibility that God entrusts to her, she is nervous. She has questions. She wonders as she wonders. But Mary finally gets to the place where she responds with these verses of rejoicing because even through the worry, she realizes that she has been given a reason to rejoice. Mary responds to this moment with a deep-seated song of worship. Listen to the beginning lyrics. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is 
his name. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, there are some folk, there are some folk who quietly and passively praise the Lord. There are yet others who loudly and actively praise the Lord, and both can be authentic expressions. But there is something about this moment in Mary's life that calls for her to offer an audible response. This announcement calls for this unassuming girl to offer an articulation of her appreciation for what the Lord is doing in her life. This moment calls for a song to emanate from the soul of this young girl for the wonder that God is going to perform through her. And every now and then I just believe that even quiet folk ought to make some noise. Even quiet folk ought to make some noise about what the Lord is doing. Even conservative folk ought to testify once in a while of God's goodness. Every now and then, folk who aren't known for saying anything ought to show some sign that God has been good. For God has given Mary a reason to rejoice. And not only did he give it to her, but he gave it to us. Mary says, and these are our watchwords for the day. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Give you three, three reasons why Mary had a reason to rejoice, and I'll be going to my seat. Reason number one, Mary had a reason to rejoice because the Lord has shown favor when the world has been unfair. The Lord has shown favor when the world has been unfair. Verse 48 says, For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. Listen to Mary's words. Mary describes her condition as low estate. He has regarded the lowest state. Lowest state. I, I used to hear folks say every now and then, you ask them how they doing, they, sometimes if they weren't feeling too good, they say, I'm in low cotton. Y'all with me on this? I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of in low cotton. And low, low, low cotton, low cotton, you, you didn't want the cotton low because that meant you had to bend down further and it was more taxing on you. This, this virgin girl says of herself, I am of low estate. Mary rejoices because she, she has experienced a life full of low estate, a life in low cotton, a life full of limitations. She rejoices because she is growing up in a society full of systems that are working against the flourishing of her humanity. And in spite of all that is working against her, God has chosen to use her. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Why, Mary? Because the Lord has shown me favor when the world has been unfair. Remember, as a woman, Mary was constrained by her own culture her own people. Women in Mary's culture were not given the privilege of education. Women were constrained to a subservient existence. Jewish women had no rights. They were constrained by their own culture. But when the world was unfair, 
God showed her favor. Not only was Mary constrained by her own culture, but she was restrained by Roman oppression. Mary lived under the oppressive rule and reign of Rome who dominated the Jews. Jewish men were humiliated and Jewish women were harassed daily by Roman soldiers without recourse or remedy. And for those who thought about rebellion, the torture of the cross was a present reality that awaited. But when the world was unfair, God showed favor. Mary rejoices because she sees the wonderful hand of God moving in the midst of an unfair world. And I don't believe Mary is by herself, but there are some people listening right now who can testify that the Lord has shown favor in your life when people and systems have been unfair. Oh yes, they were unfair with your promotion, but somehow God showed you favor. Unfair in their policies, but God showed you favor. Unfair reviews of your work, but God showed you favor. Unfair in the opportunities that were given to you, but God showed you favor. Unfair in the resources you had to work with, but God showed you favor. Unfair expectations placed upon you, but God showed you favor. When the world is unfair, God has a track record of showing favor to his people. There's another reason why Mary rejoices. Secondly, she knows that the Lord has changed the trajectory and the legacy of her life. Let me see if I can say that another way. Mary, Mary understands, watch this, that the Lord has brought significance to her existence. Verse 48b says, for behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Mary has a reason to rejoice because God has reached into her life story and brought to it significance and purpose. She knows now that her life would mean something. Her existence would matter. Her contribution to the world would be noted and say what you will, but everybody wants to know that their lives matter. Everybody wants to know that they did something with this time and this space that God has given to them. Everybody wants to know that there is value, purpose, meaning, and significance to their life and their living. I believe that Mary probably wondered up until that moment, what significance would she have in life? With such limited opportunities, with such a constraining culture, what could possibly happen that would make her life have meaning and God showed her changing the trajectory and the legacy of her life from all generations from now on, she says, will call me blessed I want to suggest to you this morning that when you are led by the Holy Ghost and open to the will of God manifesting in your life a life of significance results There's so many in this world who are searching for significance and looking for it in the wrong things looking for significance through affiliations and 
associations, looking for significance through networks and social groups, looking for significance through the accumulation of wealth and material things, looking for significance through success and achievements and awards and accolades. But it is only through submission to the will of the Father that we are used in significant ways. If you want a lasting legacy, it is not found in temporal and earthly things. A lasting legacy comes through the empowering presence of the Holy Ghost overshadowing you. That's what the angel tells Mary when she asks, how can this thing be seeing that I know not a man? He says, the angel says, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. And I believe that's the problem with a lot of us who search for significance. We look to be out front rather than letting the Holy Ghost overshadow us. Rather than letting the Holy Ghost lead us and, and cover us and direct us. Rather than getting to the place where we recognize that it's not about us. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow you and use you to the glory of God in ways that you've never imagined, ways that you've never planned when you allow yourselves to be led by his spirit. And when you accept Christ, the very trajectory of your life changes. This brother and sister who have been baptized this morning Though the baptism happened today, I understand that your confession took place some time ago. From the moment of your confession of faith, the trajectory of your life changed. What God wants to do with you, what God wants to perform in you and through you, if you walk with him, if you are led by his spirit, God will do awesome, amazing, and wonderful things through each of you. You know, we read and are reminded about Mary right now, 2,000 years after the birth of Jesus, we're still marveling about that miracle. Right now. And we call her blessed because 2,000 years ago, this poor, uneducated Jewish girl believed that God wanted to do something in her life. We're talking about her right now because she saw her significance coming through God and his purpose being fulfilled in her life. And you have to believe that God wants to do something with your life. God wants to do something in the world through you. That God wants to do something of significance through you. My question to you is, have you asked the Lord what he wants to do through you? I, I, know, I know you pray all the time about what you want to do and what you want him to help you. Wish I had a witness in here to do. But have you asked the Lord, God, what do you want to do? through me how do you want to bless my neighborhood through me how do you want to bless my family through me
How do you want to bless the folk on my street through me? How do you want to bless the world through me? How does God desire to bring something of heaven into the earth through you, through your hands, through your heart, and through your mind? That's when you begin to live a life of significance. Thirdly, Mary has a reason to rejoice because she knows that the Lord did mighty things through meager means. The Lord did mighty things through meager means. Verse 49 says, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name. He that is mighty hath done to me great things. He that is mighty has done to me. Don't miss the me in that statement. He that is mighty has done to me. Mary rejoices because she knows her status. She rejoices because she understands her social standing. She rejoices because she recognizes the meager means through which the Lord must work to manifest the Messiah. And she rejoices because God does not disqualify her because of her class. He hath done to me. He does not look over her because of her family's finances. He has done to me. He does not pass her by because she does not come from a prosperous family. For he who is mighty have done to me great things. <clears throat> me, a poor peasant girl. Me, a subject of Roman oppression. Me, an uneducated woman constrained by my own culture. Me, and every now and then. You ought to really consider all of the great and mighty things that God has done for you. I'm not talking about the you that everybody celebrates. I'm talking about the you that only you and those who are close to you know about. I'm talking about the you who knew you when you were growing up and the you who understood the struggles that you had to go through. The you who, the, the, the you who was with you, the persons who were with you as you came through life, came on the rough side, came on the wrong side of the tracks. Wherever you're... Uh, when you think about that person and all that God had to work through in order to use you, all that he had to work out in order to feel you, all had, that he had to work on to make of you what he purposed and intended, you ought to declare like Mary, he has done mighty things unto me. Great things unto me me you, you, when you sing that kind of song you, you, you can't sing that thinking about who you are now you got to go back and remember who you used to be you sing that kind of song you, you got to remember how you came up and, and you might be on the up and up now but, but when you remember how life used to be and, and the meager means amen I wish I had some meager folk in here some folk who came through some things some folk who didn't always have what you have now the meager means through which God worked in order to get you where you are and not only the stuff 
of what you had, but the stuff of who you were. All of that that he had to work through in order to bring you to this place. He had done great things to me. <sighs> to me. Once a sinner, now saved by grace. Me. On my way to a burning hell, but now given the right to eternal life. Me. That's a reason to rejoice right there. That, that's a reason to glorify God right there. That's a reason to shout right there. For he has done great things to me. I didn't deserve it, but he did. it. I, I, I didn't live so right that, that he owes me anything, but he did it. He has done great things to me and I glorify him I'll sing my own song okay <laughs> uh, nobody sing your song but you Mary sang hers whatever yours is why don't you sing it this morning for he has done great things done great things for me great things great things he has done great things for me he has done great things for me great things great things he has done great things for me he has made a way for me made a way he made a way he has made a Look, he will give you victory. Victory, victory. He will give you victory. So I'm going to be a witness for him. Oh, yes.
waiting for me. I want to play. You gonna play? Play Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Play man. his name great things great things he's done great things for us amen amen god bless you and god keep you is our prayer listen let me let me do something i didn't do last week and was about to not do this week birthday babies for the month of december amen if we got it do we have any in here any december birthday babies no yeah, no, 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 no December represented here at home, wherever you are. Happy birthday to our December birthday babies. We wish you a happy birthday. We want to remind you that we will be having Bible study this Wednesday, uh, the 15th. Join us this Wednesday for Bible study at 7 p.m. We will be moving our third Sunday service. Normally we have service, in-person service on first and third Sunday. For this month, we're going to move our third Sunday service to the fourth Sunday fourth Sunday in-person service. That will be the last service for the year. And you know, it is our tradition uh, that we try to have our last service uh, as a collective bunch. And so we're going to invite all who can, all who feel up to it. Amen. Amen. And I pray that you feel up to it, that you will come and celebrate this last Sunday of the year with us. The fourth Sunday, the fourth Sunday, the last Sunday of this December of this month. 
uh, as we celebrate uh, what the Lord is doing and has done, we do that together. Amen. We also want you to know that in January, we shall increase our numbers uh, here. We want you to continue to register uh, online so that we will know who is coming, uh, but we will increase our capacity. We're going to get the final number in, in just a few days, and so we'll have that conversation and let you know, but we are increasing our numbers uh, here in the sanctuary starting January. We want you to continue uh, to register so that we will know who will be worshiping with us. Amen. All hearts and minds are clear. We are standing for the benediction. <laughs> now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you. Now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. <laughs>